Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Building Lives International, located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles today again to Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter number 13. And last time we were together, we were talking about or introducing what's called the kingdom parables. And of course, they're called the kingdom parables because they have everything to do with the kingdom. Uh, remember, you have a Jewish Messiah coming to preach about a Jewish kingdom that he legitimately offered, but was rejected killed John the Baptist, the first messenger, killed Jesus Christ, the second messenger. So these are called the kingdom parables. And the first one is the parable of the sower. And of course, we know that uh, from last time we were together, a parable is a short allegorical story designed to illustrate or teach truth, religious principle, or a moral lesson. And Jesus didn't, our Lord didn't always speak with parables. He didn't begin to speak with parables until after the religious leaders had continuously tried to trap him and they were obviously rejecting his message. Because it says, as you can, you remember last time we talked about how in, in verses 10 through, and the disciples said, uh, unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Because it is given to you, you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So he switches here in chapter number 13, kingdoms being rejected. He starts speaking to them uh, in parables. <clears throat> and the first parable that he shares is the parable of the sower. And the parable of the sower illustrates how different people responded to his message. Uh, it is also one of the few parables that the Lord actually interpreted for himself. So um, we went through and we <clears throat> we broke this parable down. The sower is the son of man. Uh, the seed is the word of the kingdom. The fowls represents the devil who snatches away the word from the hearts that have been hardened, as we discussed in the previous chapter. And then we got to the first soil, the wayside. The soil represents the one who hears but does not understand. Those who've hardened their hearts, uh, and we he just talked to them about how they had wicked hearts in the previous chapter, uh, and I mean, uh, in, in verse number 15, well, actually wasn't the previous chapter. These who have hardened their hearts to hearing the word, but it was referred to in chapter number 12. We went through that when he called them a, a wicked generation that seeks after a sign and no sign shall be uh, given unto it. And again, the fowls represent the wicked one, the devil. Uh, Luke chapter 8, you need to read that too, because bear in mind, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what we call the synoptic gospels. The word synoptic just means seeing together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are almost identical in that they describe the same stories, but they give three different perspectives sometimes. John is very different. John is not part of the synoptics because John is written with a different audience in mind, if you will. Uh, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptics. And when you look over in Luke chapter 8, you see the same kingdom parables being given. So there's certain nuances and things that are said there that aren't mentioned in chapter number uh, 13 of Matthew. For example, in, in Luke 8, it says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And again, the devil is the, is able to do this because of the hardness of their hearts, which has led to their spiritual blindness. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And again, difference between the gospel of the kingdom 
and the gospel of grace. I cannot overemphasize that enough. Now, today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the second soil, uh, which is the soil or what we call the stony places, the stony places. In verse number five, this is mentioned when he says, and some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Now the soil represents the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now, Jesus told us that down in verse number 20, but he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and Adon with joy receives it. Okay. So it's the one who hears the word immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root and only endures for a short while in verse 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but doeth for a while for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now that word offended in the old King James means he's caused to stumble. Okay, so he has no root. He only endures for a little while and then he stumbles. Why? Because when tribulation and persecution comes, he immediately walks away. He backs out. He stumbles because he is not grounded in the word of God. And understand, there must be a foundation that is built upon the Word of God. That's why I encourage you, be in a place where you are consistently, systematically taught the Word of God. You know, I mean, the praise music's great. The testimony's great. But you, a bunch of sermonettes for Christianettes is not going to keep you going for long. Three, uh, you know, intro, three points and a conclusion. You need to know the word of God. You need to be in a church that not only teaches from the word of God, but teaches the word of God. And I'm telling you, those are few and far, far between today. But then too, now let me lay this on you. You cannot blame the church for you not growing in your walk with the Lord. You need to plug yourself in, listen to podcasts like this, listen to other teachers, preachers of the word of God, study the word on your own, because no man will be able to stand before God one day and blame somebody else for their ignorance. And when it comes to the Bible, my grandmother used to tell me, if ignorance is bliss, why aren't more people happy? Uh, there's no excuse for you not growing in the word of God. I've done it my entire life plug in to the word of God yourself. So that's the second soil. And then the third soil is among thorns. In verse number seven, he says, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. This soil represents those who hear the word, but whose ability to bear fruit is choked out because of three things. And in verse number 22, our Lord goes on to explain what they are. He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that hears the word. But listen, write these down. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. So, <clears throat> The soil represents those who hear the word, but whose ability to bear fruit is choked by the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Matter of fact, Luke adds to this in Luke chapter eight, verse number 13, a th a four, a four, Luke chapter eight, verse number 14. He adds a third one and are choked with cares 
and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. So these are those who hear the word, but their ability to bear fruit is choked out by the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of these life. These three thorns can cause us to be very unfruitful in our lives as well. So let's take a look at them. The cares of this world. The cares of this world cause us to be unprepared. The cares of this world cause us to be unprepared. In Luke chapter 21, verse number 34, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. That's the cares, the drunkenness, the cares of this life. So what they're, what they're focused on is not the word of God. They're focused on carousing and drunkenness. And that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. That word carousing there means to be to overfeed or drink in such a way as to derange the functions. So the cares of this world, there is, you know, anything that is to a... uh, a certain limit can be sinful in our lives. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having fun from time to time, but that word carousing means to overfeed, to glutton yourself in such as a way as to derange the function. You're too focused on the career, on the cares of this world. And that can cause us to be unprepared. And then the third thing is, I mean, the second thing is the deceitfulness of riches. Paul mentions the danger of this to young Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 9, when he says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Because the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many arrows. Now, again, the evil in riches is that they can divert our attention away from God, just like carousing, just like the cares of this world. They tend to cause. Now, in regards to riches, I believe there's another element to riches. They tend to cause self-sufficiency. I don't need God. You know, in first Timothy six seventeen, command those who are rich in this present age not to be prideful or haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly to enjoy all things. I find that that the poor tend to come to um, the gospel or maybe to the end of themselves first before the rich. Why? Because the poor doesn't don't have enough money <laughs> to <clears throat> to pour into trying to satisfy themselves. Vice a rich man's got a lot of money to try to fill that bottomless hole. So he says the cares of this world can cause this. The deceitfulness of riches can cause this. And thirdly, the one Luke mentions is the pleasures of this life. Now, pleasures are fleshly and they divert our minds away from spiritual things to physical things. In Galatians 5, 17, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against flesh. And guess what? These two are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. As a matter of fact, sowing to the flesh means it makes it impossible to reap the things of the spirit. You can't be in the flesh and be in the spirit. You can't worship God truly without the spirit. 
Okay, the, 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 the flesh is lusting against the spirit. In other words, the flesh wants to rule over the spirit and the spirit wants to rule over the flesh. They cannot co-rule together. Okay, in Galatians chapter number uh, <clears throat> six and verse number seven, uh, notice what it says. In Galatians six and verse number seven, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. And you know, I know I, we got some young listeners here. Whatsoever he sows, that's what you put your time and your effort into. I mean, if you put your time and your effort into the flesh, you're going to reap flesh. If you put your time and your effort in the spirit, you're going to reap the spirit. I mean, whatever you invest your life in, that's what you're going to get back. For he that sows to the flesh shall reap the flesh corruption. But he that sows to the spirit of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall all reap, if we faint not. Minded of a story, Sir Robert, Sir Robert Watson Watt, the inventor of the radar gun, was arrested uh, for speeding one day. And he was caught with the very radar that he had invented. Shortly after this, he wrote a poem to represent the irony of the situation. He said, Pity Sir Robert Watson Watt, strange target of his own radar plot. And this, with others I could mention, a victim of his own invention. The bottom line is you will be a victim of your own invention. If you sow yourself to the flesh, you are going to become a victim of the flesh. If you sow yourself to the spirit, you're going to become a victim of the spirit. We reap what we sow. The Bible says in the last days, men will seek pleasure more than God. And we're seeing that. Paul, when speaking of the widows, warned of those who sought pleasure more than God. In 2 Timothy 5, 6, he says, But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. She's already dead. She's sowing to the things of the flesh and not the things of the spirit. So here we have the, the third soil among thorns. It represents those who hear the word, but whose ability to bear fruit are choked out by three things. Two of them are mentioned here in chapter 13, and one of them is mentioned in, in Luke 8. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of this life. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember that God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of guest speaking, conferences, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you.